This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 33 of the UU Perspective, where you hear Unitarians and Universalists from around the world. And let's take a moment. You know there are actually about 39 countries that listen to the UU Perspective podcast. And so I would like to make a request right now. And any of you that are outside of the United States, I want to interview you. So I would like you to get a hold of me so that we can set up some interviews and learn what's going on outside of the United States. So if you would contact me and use the email questions at uuperspective.com or go to the website and you can use SpeakPipe and leave me a voicemail or any of the other ways to contact me if you go to our contact page. So I'm putting a request out there for any of you who are interested in being interviewed. And and it's not just outside the United States. Anyone actually, please contact me. And let's have a conversation about what's going on in your lives and how UUism is impacting your life and the people around you. Okay, so let's get into who we're going to talk to today. I'm going to talk to Bart Frost, and he's a lifelong UU, and he is actually the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries at the UUA. And so I'm going to ask him questions about what's happening with youth, how are we going to keep them interested in congregational life? And he's actually done a survey of the youth, and we're going to find out what the results of the survey is. And then also, what are we providing for the young adults, those youth that bridge over into becoming young adults? And as they go off to college or begin families, have children, how is it that their interests are going to be kept inside congregational life and what programs are going to be available? So let's get to it. And here is Bart. All right. Well, welcome, Bart. And thanks for being with us today. And I've already given everyone a little bit of information about you, but I'd like you to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your involvement in the UU community. Thanks, Sharon. So I'm a lifelong Unitarian Universalist. I grew up in the faith. Growing up, my mother was a director of religious education at two of the congregations we attended. And my grandfather uh, is a retired minister, the uh, senior minister emeritus at the UU Congregation of Atlanta. So Unitarian Universalism has always been a really, really deep part of my life. Um, and I currently serve as Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries at the, at the headquarters of the UUA at 24 Farnsworth Street in Boston. And Unitarian Universalism, Youth Ministry, and Young Adult Ministry is a deep, deep passion of mine. Great. And what is it that your title that you have, what does that mean? What does it cover and what do you do inside of that? Yeah, so as Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministries, uh, my major role is to advocate for youth and young adults throughout our association. So that means to the president, to the board, all the way down to congregational staff, to congregation, to congregational boards as well. 
Um, and, you know, there's other stuff in there too. Like I supervise our staff of uh, five folks. We have Jenica who does youth ministry, Elizabeth who does youth and young adults of color leadership development, Annie Gonzalez-Milliken who works with young adults in campus ministry, and then our two support staff, uh, Deborah and Ted. And, you know, everything that's included in working in an office. Okay. What is uh, a main focus that you're working on right now? So we we constantly have a lot of balls in the air in this office. We're juggling just a lot of different missions and a, and a lot of different approaches as well. So some of the major projects that we're working on right now are preparing uh, for the General Assembly Youth Caucus staff applications to go live. General Assembly Youth Caucus is the one of the largest gatherings of, of youth. Uh, that's high schoolers between 14 and 18 roughly. Uh, in the country, usually about 300 to 400 show up at General Assembly. And so we're just about to start that process. We're in the process of securing um, the logistics for Summer Seminary, which is a summer program for high schoolers who are interested in joining uh, the religious professional career path. Uh, And we're hoping to do that with Star King next year. Uh, And then we're also working on some theoretical things. We're looking at ways that we can create a a conference or a retreat, a more immersive experience for emerging adults, which are 18 to 25. So, you know, our youngest young adults. Um, And working on just looking at how we can better serve youth and young adults of color across our association. I'm personally working on on broadening what our understanding of youth and young adult ministry is and what that means to the to the future of Unitarian Universalism. That's my major personal project right now. And inside of that project, what is it that you're doing? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, so last year we we did an informal survey of youth that visited the, the UUA. So uh, coming-of-age groups and youth groups, when they go on a Boston pilgrimage, they usually come by, they get a tour of the, of the building, and then they meet with me or someone from my office if I'm unavailable. And during that opportunity, I had them fill out an informal survey, you know, where do you go to church, what grade are you, what do you participate in your church, what do you love about church, What's what's your favorite aspect of church and why? Uh, if you had a magic wand, what would you change about your church? And how could your church better serve you? And so th- this was kind of to inform me where our congregations are regarding youth ministry. I've been reading a lot of Christian youth ministry books. Uh, there's not a lot of Unitarian Universalist youth ministry books out there. The Methodists and some of the more mainline organizations are right on the forefront of that. So I've been using learnings from that to, to influence our approach from this office, which is looking at, at a deeper way of engaging with youth and young adults to really help them form a Unitarian Universalist identity. I'm hoping to release a, a series of blog posts on our blog, uh, Blue Boat, sometime within the next month that really goes in depth as to what that what the survey what insights the survey brings to our faith and the ways folks can use that insight. And then this year, I have a totally new survey that I'm hoping to roll out sometime around January and 
is a little bit more comprehensive, uh, a little bit more in line with the national study on youth and religion, so that we can really understand how youth are being served in our congregations, which affects the way we serve young adults as well, because youth become young adults. They're not two separate ministries. It's a spectrum of ministry. Great. Can you give us a little sneak peek at you know what you've discovered so far from the youth? Yeah, sure. So... This survey, I, I do want to be totally honest, it is a deeply flawed survey. I'm not a, a statistics person. Uh, my background was actually um, in retail and wine sales uh, before becoming a religious educator and getting this position. So it's not the best survey in the world. Um, but w- one of the things that we, we've learned is that 44% of youth think that youth group is the best part or their, or it's their favorite part of attending church, which isn't a surprise. I expected that. I'm actually a little bit surprised the number's not higher. And, you know, and it's good that that's confirmed. It's also interesting the number of youth who only attend youth group at their congregation or only attend coming of age. Those are the numbers that are really surprising to me is, is where, where folks are siloed from the rest of congregational life. And how, how do we start to break down those barriers and, and fully integrate youth and young adults into their congregation? Because that's really important as well. So if it's 44%, then what are the other interests of the youth? Yeah, so we, we had about 351 responses overall, which um, I've been told is a statistically significant number. I'm just working with the numbers I got. So about 15% say that they really appreciate coffee hour. Uh, 14% say they, their favorite part of church are social events. And 11% say, I'm for, oh, religious education classes are their favorite parts. And so it's, it's really interesting because the social events and the coffee hour, that's nothing new. And, you know, the, those two also serve to, to the social needs that youth have and the needs that they have to, to mingle and to create bonds across generational lines. And those events usually have food, which is typically, a, you know, a big draw. The religious education classes, my analysis of it says that, you know, we have some, some youth who really love to be fed intellectually, and so I think religious education classes uh, serve that need of those youth. And 7% of youth say that worship, Sunday morning worship, is their favorite part of church, which is a, a really interesting number because it almost comes in pretty much in line with the national study on youth and religions, um, the, the, the way they mark devoted youth. Now, they have a, a number of different qualifications for that. And it's more than just do they attend Sunday morning worship and like it. Um, But 8% of mainline Christian youth are considered devoted. And that's not a hundred. And that's including Mormon youth as well, which tend to be marked the most devoted out of all the denominations. So if we take that one aspect of really liking Sunday morning worship as the hallmark of devotion for Unitarian Universalist youth, then we're right in line with, you know, marks of devotion. But I'm not sure that's the way to interpret that data. So with that information, what does that tell you as far as guiding you into creating programs for youth 
and such. What what's what are you thinking now? Yeah, so our office uh, sits in a really interesting way, interesting place. We have kind of a balcony view of the way all of our regions and districts and congregations do youth ministry and a responsibility to provide resources to those folks. And we also have goals on our side as well. So programs like Summer Seminary and GA Youth Caucus staff, um, Multicultural Leadership School for, for Youth of Color, these serve really important needs on, on a higher end level. And what we're seeing in our congregations or what I'm seeing is that we have youth that are served. They're being served, but there's also questions as to how they could be served deeper. You know, we're meeting their needs for community and identity formation for the most part in youth group. And I'm still hearing anecdotally that youth struggle with attending Sunday morning worship. And this survey, you know, some of the comments say, you know, my church could serve me better by making, you know, Sunday morning worship more approachable to youth or including youth in the worship more often. And that's really one of my major goals is to move and and this is a common thread amongst religious educators right now, uh, to, to move towards a more multi-generational understanding of congregational life. Church is one of the last bastions of multi-generational community in our society. Our schools are broken up by age. Our housing is broken up by age. I mean, if you look at Young folks live in urban areas, then they move to suburbs, and then they move to Florida. Just kidding. Um, you know, it, it's it's very – our society is divided by age, and church is one of those last places where they come together. And yet even in churches, we divide ourselves by age. And some of that is needed. We need to meet people where they're at developmentally and emotionally and spiritually. And we need to build cross-generational relationships and experiences. You know, like congregations typically have one youth Sunday a year. I'm sure your congregation has one, Sharon. Um, And usually that's the most exciting service for everybody. Everybody fills the sanctuary. They want to hear the youth speak. They want to see them. And yet most congregations only do that once. So if if that's something that folks are really interested in, you know, is it a capacity issue on the youth side that planning a worship is really, you know, there's a skill set that has to be first taught and then executed? Or are there other ways, um, you know, are there ways that youth could get up and provide testimony on how Unitarian Universalism has saved their life? Because Unitarian Universalism does save lives, especially youth's lives, on Sunday mornings, um, beyond just for that APF drive. You know, what are these ways that we could go deeper and encourage youth to be in the life of the congregation and therefore young adults as well? Because there, there's also a big gap as to an understanding of who our young adults belong to. Do our young adults belong to our congregations? Do they belong to the wider UUA? Do they belong to themselves and it's up to them to continue to find congregations as they transition through life? And I'm, I'm of the philosophy that it's the first. If you talk to our, our young people, um, I, we did interviews at this past GA asking folks about their relationship and their, their Unitarian Universalist history. And almost every single one of them started the conversation with, my family became members when 
or I've been a member since I was two, something along those lines. And yet we're not talking about official membership. They probably haven't signed the book. A lot of our congregations don't allow youth to sign the book due to either laws or, you know, questions about financial responsibilities. But, but there's an ownership there of from our youth of our congregations. And it needs to also extend the other way. Our congregations need to own our youth. So when they turn 18 and they move out into the world, they bridge, you know, they cross that, the, the chancel and they, you know, they get a chalice and a chalice necklace. And then they go off into the world, either to college or to a gap year or to work or to just explore themselves, that the congregation owns them. You know, the congregation still has a responsibility to that person, even if they're not contributing financially to the life of the congregation. And, you know, that's that's where I stand on on that. And I could go, I could spend hours talking about that. Two questions on that. The first one, uh, when you were talking about how the youth can't sign the book, and I've heard this conversation before, are you thinking of a way to be able to include them in feeling like they belong in a sense of, you know, s- symbolically signing a book or creating something that they can sign that they can claim ownership into the church. So a, a number of congregations get around. So Massachusetts has a law in place that says folks under the age of 18 can't participate. They, they can't be a member of an organization and make financial decisions on behalf of the organization. So they wouldn't be able to vote on budgetary matters. And a lot of Massachusetts congregations got, get around that with uh, junior membership. So it's everything involved in membership except voting on financial matters. And it changes, you know, from congregation to congregation. Uh, you know, there's still that dues in some areas. The southern region moved away from this model to, to the gift model. But dues were and are based on on membership numbers. And so I think a a number of congregations are hesitant to add youth to their roles without those youth or the youth's families contributing at least enough to cover what the theoretical increase in membership dues would be. So, you know, we have those conversations at the UUA level, you know, how can we encourage congregations to have youth as a part of their congregation? And I personally think, and I am a lifelong UU, I'm, I'm very hardcore in my relationship to Unitarian Universalism, and I personally think that it's part of a congregation's ministry to, to encourage that youth to, to sign the book, even if it's going to cost everyone else a little bit more. Uh, the symbol of that, that membership, of that relationship to the community is really, really important, and at the very least, to have some sort of junior membership model. Right. I, that's a great idea, that junior membership mom, model. Can any congregation just create that? Why can't we just, you know, individually as congregations just do that? You could. I mean, it's just a matter of changing your bylaws to, to add that membership category in. Now, as we both know, changing bylaws can be a little bit more difficult than we anticipate originally. But theoretically, it's, you know, our, our congregational policy says it's up to our congregations to make those decisions. Well, maybe hopefully some some congregations will think about this and really include their youth in that way and create this junior membership. That would be a, just a fantastic thing. 
Well, and if anyone's listening to this and wants more information, feel free to contact me. Uh, the links will be in the post. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Inside of the, the youth, besides wanting to have more of that community in there, you know, you said you heard from them, okay, this is, this is what we want. What other things are they asking for besides being included in, say, services and things like that? Are they saying anything else? Yeah, there's some, you know, there's there's various ways that they've expressed their needs. And, you know, it's important to qualify that the majority of folks that visit the UUA are eighth or ninth graders. So their experience in their congregations is not at necessarily as deep as older youth because they're in coming of age and they haven't been invited into parts of the church, generally, generally speaking. I know some congregations have different ways of doing it than others. So, you know, one of the things that we hear about youth want to be involved in the in the governance of their congregations. They want worships to be more accessible to them. They want more opportunities to connect cross-generationally. They want more opportunities to connect with one another. You know, one of the reasons why youth group is one of the most favored programs of congregations is because youth have a deep need to build community um, in small groups with one another. And our, our youth tend to be a little bit more free spirits. And our, our, our churches are sanctuaries for them, to be honest. And so to build those friendships and to, to provide opportunities for them to be themselves is really important. One of my major takeaways was how deeply knowledgeable youth were about their congregational uh, about their congregations so you know congregations who visited the UUA who are meeting in gyms or in other churches or in spaces that aren't solely theirs almost everyone from that group said you know if they had a magic wand they'd build them a, their own building um, you can tell you know youth know when their congregations are having money troubles and say you know I'd make it so that the Geico man with the money flying off of him could walk through our sanctuary one day. They're intuitive too, so they know when there's problems amongst church staff or with the board or with you know volunteers within the within the community because they're members of that community too. We just don't necessarily stop and ask them what they see. Right. Okay. All right, so getting on into the the young adults. Now, is that age 18 to 25 or 18 to 35 now? The official age range is 18 to 35. Our primary focus right now is 18 to 25 because that's one of the most underserved populations in our association. We tend to, and we've had this issue for more than 20 years. I remember way back in the day, the Mind the Gap campaign. And, you know, we still constantly talk about how can we minister to bridgers, which are those folks who have recently left high school or recently transitioned from their their congregation in the 18 and 19-year-old range. Um, once you get to 25 to 35, you start to get into very many different categories of of you know who is a young adult and and you start to get into personal distinctions too you know does is a 30 year old who's married and have two kids are they a young adult do they see themselves as a young adult you know 33 year old who's divorced with a kid or a single mother who's 28 with a kid you know or people transition throughout their lives and so on that that 
there's programs and opportunities for that 25 to 35 age range, but we're really focusing right now on the 18 to 25 to, to kind of repair some bridges, if I can overuse that metaphor, that have been neglected. Well, they're going off to college, some of them. I mean, you they get broken away from their congregations. There's always this flux of being there, not being there. So does it, it involve that and bridging that gap? Yeah, it, it involves bridging that gap. You know, informally, if you interview 18 to 25-year-olds at college campuses, you'll find quite a number of Unitarian Universalists. I went to UMass Amherst out in Western Massachusetts, and I knew probably about 10 folks on campus who identified as Unitarian Universalist. But if you ask them what their what their connection to Unitarian Universalism was, they'd say, well, I grew up in a church, but I don't go anymore. And I don't really plan on going anymore. And so, you know, the UUA is moving towards this emerging ministries, congregations and beyond. And in our office, we're looking at ways to provide deep, spiritually fulfilling experiences for young, for emerging adults, for younger young adults that, that speak to and help them navigate issues of spirituality. And last year, um, thank you. Thanks to really generous donors and the work of Kayla Parker, uh, becoming was published, which was one step that really helped help bridge that gap. Uh, becoming is a meditation manual. It's actually a little bit larger than a meditation manual for, for spiritually navigating adulthood. And it was really crafted for young adults, particularly 18 and 25 year olds, but it, it is applicable to pretty much anyone in any time of their life. And so, you know, that's, that's one resource that we have, and we're, we're looking at ways of creating other resources and opportunities, including partnering with the UU College of Social Justice and their young adult service projects and their young adult internships to provide opportunities for young adults to, to really delve deeply into their spirituality because they're telling us that's what they want. And how are you then communicating this to them? How are you getting to them? Yeah, so we have a, a variety of ways that we communicate with uh, with our young folk. And that include primarily, I'll be honest, it's social media. Um, social media is where it's at. It's, it's quick. It's on people's phones. So we have a couple of different Facebook groups. We use Twitter. I believe that we were the first office of the UUA to have an Instagram account. And that, and these are just ways that we can pass on information. We have some other other ways, you know, old school email lists like our young adult leaders list, and personal connections as well. We have a program that honors youth leaders. That's actually primarily because of the way the age aging out works in our association. It's actually about sixty percent eighteen to twenty two year olds, which means that they have a personal connection with our office. It's called Luminary Leaders, and it's, uh, you can sign up if you're a youth, but even as you age out of that, we still hold you. We call you an alumni, and we ask your opinions on things too, and we we make sure to reach, it, reach out and check in. Is there any type of mentoring program or anything where young adults can be held up by the older congregants or even with the youth too. Mentor mentorship in our congregations is typically seen in in like a coming of age 
format, which is a little bit different than what our young adults are asking for. You know, that, that coming of age is really for 12 to 14 to 15 year olds in general, depending on the congregation and the program. The, there's some really great programs that are being developed in our congregations that are really exciting. They are small group ministries. Um, Rochester, New York, Marcus there is trying a program for about six to eight young adults in small groups. It's called Touchstones, and they're going to do the Soul Matters curriculum. The The mentorship aspect of it is a little bit different because we don't really have structured programs for mentorship of young adults. And, you know, very much if you look at past history of the way churches worked, there were those opportunities and they're not coming out so much because our young adults are very transient. And I, and I know they want those mentorship opportunities there, you know, not just through surveys that we do, but there's a report about millennials called how we gather that was actually um, co-authored by a Unitarian Universalist seminarian um, looking at ways that millennials gather, you know, through CrossFit or soul cycle and, you know, sanctuaries DC, which is one of our, um, emerging ministry programs in the District of Columbia, young adults want those connections and they also want to connect with with Unitarian Universalists their age as well. So it's it's very much a both end, Um, but we don't have any real structured mentorship programs, although I think the Wellspring program, which is another small group ministry initiative, might have aspects of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. You you mentioned Blue Boat. You have different sites that people can be a part of. What, can you name some of those? Yeah, so that's one of the great things about uh, – one of the things I love about working in our office is we're kind of on the cutting edge of social media, or we try to be. We're not yet on Tumblr, which means that we're not, we're not quite up to speed yet. But uh, we have Blue Boat, which is our, our blog uh, – it's where we post information. We also post essays written by youth and young adults based on various experiences. So we have one essay up the, up from Amelia who attended the GROW training in Chicago this summer that was put on by the UU College of Social Justice. That was a climate justice training for young adults. So Amelia shared her experiences of that. We also were currently posting our summer seminary sermonettes from the Sunday morning where uh, five of our summer seminary alumni preached uh, to the to First Universalist Denver and about five minutes each. And uh, we're putting those up uh, over the next couple of weeks, which by the time that this is posted, should be they should all be live. And then we have other ways that we connect as well. So we have Facebook groups. We have a Unitarian Universalist Youth Ministry Facebook group. We have the Campus UU's Facebook page, uh, The Hub. The Hub is a, a young adult Facebook page, but it's also an interactive crowdsourced Google map where folks can put a pin where they have young adult groups or campus groups, or they can put pins saying that they're a young adult interested in starting a group in connecting with other Unitarian Universalist young adults. It's a really great and interactive format and really lets is dynamic too, because our young adults 
and therefore our young adult groups and campus ministries are kind of transient as well. Campus ministries tend to to ebb and flow. We also have our Instagram. We have Twitter for for youth. Uh, the two youth observers to the board of trustees, Caleb and Olivia, started a new Facebook group called Global UU Youth, so that they could report out directly to high school Unitarian Universalists. There's a number of other Facebook groups that are loosely affiliated with us, um, and then we also maintain a collection of alumni Facebook groups for folks that come through our programs. We find that these are really great ways that uh, participants can maintain connections as the years go on. I just, uh, with the start of the new school year, it's been really great watching the summer seminary alumni uh, send each other blessings and well wishes um, as they go out into university and into jobs and back to high school too. They hold one another well, and so we like to provide those opportunities too. Nice. Do you have a resource page that tells you all of these different pages and everything that youth or young adults can go to? Is there one spot for that? Because there's a lot of stuff out there, it seems like. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff out there. You know, they say you have to communicate six different ways to communicate effectively. Uh, and I think we're at five, so we're still trying to figure out what that sixth is. Maybe it's maybe it's that Tumblr account. Um, so there is uua.org sl- uh, slash youth, which will take you to our youth, uh, the main page for youth. And then it's the same for young adults. So it's uua.org slash young adults. And that'll get you right to kind of where all the information is. We are planning on creating a resource library, but those are our main pages and the, the way to kind of keep involved. And with the new UUA website layout, um, as folks click click through, you know, most of our pages have our Blue Boat feed right there or the Facebook page that's affiliated with that program right there that all you have to do is click on and you can make it a part of your life instantaneously. Is there anything that you want to add that we haven't covered? You know, I do just want to put in a plug for for our programs that if anyone out there knows any youth who have a little bit of the holy in them that are that are thinking about becoming a unitarian universalist minister or religious educator or musician you know to let them know about our summer seminary program i am really glad to be partnering with star king this year we were at ilif school of theology in denver last year and um GA Youth Caucus staff is a wonderful position, you know, wonderful opportunity for leadership formation. That's actually how I first became involved in Unitarian Universalism, leader in Unitarian Universalist leadership. Uh, and I've been involved for almost 15 years now. I think I have a, two more to go and I'll hit the halfway mark. And I started on General Assembly Youth Caucus staff when I was 15 as a chaplain. So that group holds a special a special part in my heart. Our multicultural leadership school for youth of color, youth and young adults of color, you know, they, they hold special places in our congregation and are typically one of the few folks of color in their congregation. So this is an opportunity if you identify as a youth or a young adult of color to build relationships with other youth and young adults of color, to, to deepen your own identity formation and your own leadership skills surrounded by your peers. And then our young adult programs, campus ministry programs, um, the new immersive experience that I, I can't give 100% information about right now. But please, if you're a young adult and you want to be in communication with us, please 
you know, reach out. We're here. Uh, we want to hear from you and we want to serve you. You know, that's why we exist is to, to serve as well. Okay. Bart, can you give us a favorite quote and tell us how it inspires you? So I shared this quote uh, with Pacific Northwest Goldmine School this summer. I, I had the opportunity to lead a race identity and oppression track for them, which hadn't been led in, in a little while. And anti-oppression work is really important to me, uh, both as a straight white male who wants to help change the world for the better, but also as a Unitarian Universalist. I think our theology calls us to this. And so the quote comes from Bell Hooks. And she says, love is really more of an interactive process. It's about what we do, not just we feel. It's a verb, not a noun. And I, the, this quote's been sticking with me since I first used it um, because I think it really, really explains our calling as Unitarian Universalists to stand on the side of love, to, to live lives of love. And, you know, love's a difficult word relationships end because someone says they love someone too early in the relationship, right? That's a powerful word. To, to love as a verb is powerful. And I think that, you know, we need to remember this. And our youth and our young adults know this. They know this innately. It's already, it's in their hearts. It's in their souls. Um, you can see it if you go to a youth conference or a leadership school or a young adult conference. You can see that they know how to love and not not romantically or sexually, but spiritually love their peers and the world. And, you know, that's where I'm called. That's how I'm called to live my life, too, to, to fill the world with love. All right. Wonderful. Now, the last question I have that I ask everyone, and that is, how is Unitarian Universalism, as a religious denomination, uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? I'm going to loop it back back to that love aspect of it. It's, as Unitarian Universalists, we are called to be in the world our whole selves and to love the world with our whole body, our whole hearts, and our whole mind. And that's difficult and it's prophetic. Our, our, we, have, we have the pleasure and the honor of being a part of a really prophetic tra- tradition. We've stood on the side of racial justice since you know the 1800s. We, we track ourselves all the way back to Theodore Parker um, and you know all the way up through James Reeb and to today. And that, that's unique. That's awesome. And we liberal religion provides us all of these other opportunities to to live lives that are full and transformative of our communities and of our world. I, I I'm a huge fan of the five jagged rocks that Nancy Bowen adapted from uh, James Luther Adams' Five Smooth Stones. You know, there is a unity that makes us one. All souls are worthy. Courageous love transforms the world. Truth continues to be revealed and unfolded to us. And there is salvation in this life. That's prophetic. You know, that is transformative. And if we, as Unitarian Universalists, live our lives holding those out and up for everyone to to see and to know instead of holding them inside just for us, 
we can help bring justice to, to our communities and to the world too. Yeah. Powerful. That was wonderful. Well, thank you, Bart. I appreciate your time that you've given us today and sharing about youth ministry and young adult ministry. And we'll definitely have everything in the show notes where people can totally get connected. And how can they contact you directly? My email address is bfrost at uua.org. My office phone number is 617-948-4359. I don't get a lot of phone calls. So, you know, it's it's a little bit difficult. Um, I'm on Facebook, Bart Frost. It's the picture that you see in the show notes. That's how you know it's the right one. And I'm on Twitter too, uh, at Bart Frost. I mostly just retweet stuff though. So don't look for any, you know, profound insights in 140 characters. They'll mostly be other people's profound insights, but you can always, you know, direct message me there or on Facebook as well. All right. Great. Well, thank you, Bart, for being with us. Thanks, Sharon. So that was just a really interesting interview. And I just makes me curious. I want to know out there, do any of you in your congregations have a junior membership available to your youth? How many of you are doing that? Uh, Leave a message at SpeakPipe over at uuperspective.com website. Let me know. Or just write, put it in uh, an email Use questions at uuperspective.com or go to Twitter at uuperspective and leave a, a little tweet there to say that you do that. What, what churches do that? So thanks again for joining us. And remember, if you would like to be interviewed, please give a shout out to me at uuperspective.com on SpeakPipe or email to me at questions at uuperspective.com. All right. Well, have a great week and we'll see you next time.